Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Been blessed thus far. Had a, a good time of singing in a Sunday school class. Think of a few people or things, if I can say it that way, that you are committed to. Committed is defined as feeling dedication and loyalty to a cause, activity, or job. Wholeheartedly dedicated. Did you change your thoughts of what you were thinking? If you are married, many of you are, I trust you're committed to your spouse. If you're employed, you should be at least partially committed to your job. And why do you say that? Because there's a balance there. You need to be balanced, I feel. Within reason, be committed. If you have children, you should be committed to taking care of your, of your children. I jumped ahead a little bit back up. I said if you're married, you should be committed to your spouse. And driving through over here this morning, we went past the graveyard. And FYI, it was 23 degrees this morning. And there was a man out at a graveyard, at a gravestone, putting something on his gravestone. Most likely, whoever he was buried there, he had been or committed to. I'm not promoting that, that move, but I'm just saying there it was. And I quickly glanced down, 23 degrees, and he is committed out there remembering. If you're a Christian, the question this morning, are you committed to serving the Lord? Wholeheartedly dedicated to the Lord above all else. A quote from Spurgeon, I have concentrated all my prayers into one, and that one prayer is that I may die to self and live wholly to him. I have no problem being committed to certain things. You might say, well, I like my hobby and my New Year's resolution and X, Y, Z, but are you committed wholeheartedly to serving the Lord? Radical and authentic discipleship to Christ calls for a wholehearted and a total life commitment. There may be things we're committed to, but there's, I think there's some things we, there's, some, there's a person we must be committed to, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we committed to him without reserve? Matthew uh, 16, 24, 26, Jesus said, If any man, familiar verses, will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Then he continues, For whosoever will save his life will lose, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So if we give up everything and follow the Lord, we will find eternal life. He wasn't quite finished. What is a man profited, or what's, what's going to be the advantage of if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul, or if a man give it exchange for a soul? Jesus expects his children to be fully, fully committed to him. What are the steps? A few of them deny self, which means denying our agenda, denying the pursuit of riches. We need to shoulder our responsibilities and be willing to give our all for his kingdom building work. Are we committed to work for the Lord? And it, come back, it comes back to the question in our Sunday school class, and that is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in your life? I believe it was Lee said, you know, what, if, what would your answer be if someone would come to you and say, well, who is Jesus to you? What would your answer be? Turn to Psalm 71, please, for a text this morning. 
Here we have a psalm David wrote when he was up in years. Something, some think it was during a time of Absalom's rebellion. Uh, but as we're gonna, when we read here, you'll discover it definitely during a time when he was facing a great trial. And although an older man, notice his commitment to the work of the Lord in verse 18. So picture yourself uh, as watching an older man pen this psalm. He gets to verse 18. And David said, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not. Okay, so he, yep, I'm up in days here, but don't leave me alone. Until, here's the commitment, I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You're talking about well-defined a commitment. He's aware he's not young anymore, but also clearly states, you know, God, I'm not willing to sit by idle and relax while others do work in your kingdom. Instead, we almost see his a cry of desperation. God, do not forget about me. God, allow me to continue to build your kingdom. Help me to be a faithful witness to as many as I meet. Asking God to continue to use him in his older years. And you know, I trust that's our commitment and our desire as well. Lord, as long as I am able, as long as you provide health and strength, Lord, I am committed to serve, which is a title for the message this morning, committed to serve. Please, please allow me to spread the good news of the gospel to as many as I meet. I may be quicker to talk about my hobbies sometimes, but what about are we quick to talk and to share with people that we meet about the Lord Jesus Christ and the change he has made in our hearts and in our lives. We could ask the question back to David here, how did he get to this level of commitment in his life? And you go to verse one, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust? You know, trusting the Lord, I believe, is the basic foundation for a faithful, committed Christian life. It goes back to trusting the Lord. Lee asked for a few comments this morning. I left, I was just pondering a lot what he was, what we were hearing. But how different would it have been uh, back there in John 7 if the Jews had believed? And you could side with them just for a moment and say, well, you know what? This was, Jesus came not to put away the law, but to fulfill it. So they were, they were abiding by the law, and now a change is taking place, and they're rejecting. The sad truth is they rejected and continued to reject. But how much difference would that have been if they just would have, you know what? He is the Christ. In him will I trust. We were just singing a little bit ago, and one of the songs that we said, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. And I think each one of us was singing that when we were this morning. Are we putting our trust in the Lord? Let's read Psalm 71. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given me commandment to... Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and the cruel man. For thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. I am a wonder unto many, 
but thou art my strong ref- refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and I honor all the day long. Cast me not off in time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For mine enemies speak against me, and they that will lay wait for my soul take counsel together, saying, God hath forsaken him, persecuted him, take him, for there is none to deliver him. O God, be not far from me. O, o my God, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are my adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually, and yet will I praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all day. And I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord, the God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O God, is very high. Who has done great things, O God? Who is like unto thee? Thou which has shown me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again and shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee in song, even, of, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing of the harp, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, and my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Yeah, up in years, but praising and thanking God for his goodness. I got three points this morning. Uh, again, the title is Committed to Serve. And the three points, I will trust, I will praise, and I will serve. We asked a little bit ago, how did God, David get to this level of commitment in his life? And step one is to place your trust in the Lord. You may have heard the saying, why worry when you can pray? Prayer is a sign of trust. Because when we stop and pray, what are we doing? It, it's prayer reveals the depth of your relationship with God and your desire to trust him as you place your cares in his arms. And you know, it's exactly what he wants for us to do. He wants us to take our concerns and give them to him. Instead of praying, our enemy would like us to worry and fear, but no, God says, trust me. John Koblenz, I quote, a biblical antidote to anxiety is trust. If you're getting anxious about something, a trust. Remember the account of Peter walking on the water and the question could be asked, why sink when you can walk on water or why sink and drown in despair when the option to trust and to walk in victory with Jesus is ever present? So what do we see David doing here? David turned to the Lord for comfort during a stressful time in his life. Look, notice his description to the Lord in verse 3. He says, Lord, you're my strong habitation. Picture a castle with a moat out around it, a safe place to dwell. Lord, you're my rock, a place of complete security. Lord, you're my fortress. Picture a fort on top of a hill. That's David's telling the Lord who he is. Verse 5, Lord, you're my hope. David knew where to go. And not his last resort, but he was facing a trying time, and he cried out to the Lord, Lord, you're my hope. You're the one that I long for. He also says uh, in verse 5, you're my trust from my youth. What do we see there? A lifelong trust in the Lord. 
Hopefully, when we get up to the age where David was, we can say that too. Lord, you've been my trust from my youth. Just put our complete trust in, in the Lord. We seek a trust and we seek confidence here. You know, David eagerly placed everything in the Lord's hands. I think it's a challenge for us. We're living in a day and age, I believe, when many resort to Dr. Google for answers to their questions or problems. And when, what we need to do is place our trust and confidence in the Lord. We may not know what the year holds, but we know who holds the future. And we have nothing to fear, simply trust. A quote from Corey Tanboon: never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I'm not sure about your future. Mine's unknown, but I'm going to trust that to God. Philippians 4, 6, be careful or anxious about nothing. Kind of almost, it's not really a command, but it can almost appear that way. But in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be, known, be, known, be made known unto God. So we're, what we see there is, you know, thank you for this trial I'm going through, Lord. Kind of hard but that's what he wants us. That's where he wants us to go. There's no need to worry when the Lord is close by. <clears throat> Think about trust. If you go back to December, the Sunday school lesson on December 10th, the title was a wedding and in the temple. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there along with Jesus and his disciples. And Mary went to Jesus and said, you got a problem, Jesus. They're out of wine. And Jesus kindly uh, tells his mother, well, that's, Mom, that's not our issue. Now, Mary knew that Jesus was the Son of God. At least the angel had told her that back in Luke 2, 1 or 2. But Mary gives us a clear picture of her trust in the power and ability of Jesus Christ. So back up. Jesus had just told her. She had just told Jesus they're, they're out of wine. And Jesus had just said, you know, that's not our problem. We're not the wedding coordinators. We're just simply a few invited guests. But his answer did not cause her trust to waver. In the very next verse... After Jesus had said, uh, not our problem, Mary turns to the servants and, and she said this. She said, uh, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And just think a little bit about trust. How did Mary know that Jesus was going to say anything? And also question, how does our trust measure up when compared to her faith? I don't think Mary knew what Jesus was going to say nor do. But she said to the servants, just whatever he tells you, just do it. Go back to the Sunday school lesson. Who is, who is Jesus? Look at the level, uh, level that Mary placed Jesus on. Where are we at in our life? Can Jesus do this much but not that much? Or where, where do we place him? or just unreserved, wholeheartedly, as the definition for committed with telling us, whatever he tells you to do, do, just do it. When Jesus is around, expect the unexpected. Here in Luke uh, 70, I'm sorry, uh, Psalm 71, David placed his trust and confidence in the Lord's hands. Mary did there in, in Luke 2. What about us? Can we, do that? Can we add our name to that list today? I will place my trust in you and do as you tell me to do. Obedient, unwavering trust in the master. <clears throat> Point number two, I will praise. David reflects back on his life in verse six. And he's aware that God was with him through everything that he had went through. Are we praising him for what he has brought us through?
Do we take the time just to praise God for what he has brought us through? Verse 7, we see David tells us he, he's a wonder to many. People marvel at the life of David. And a very interesting study. But his life experiences slaying the lion and the bear, conquering the Philistine, escaping the anger of Saul, and, and being raised to the, a king there on the throne in Israel. And people marvel at that. But David takes no credit for himself. gives God all the glory. Uh, he says, my experience is God, and all the wonders are because of you, your power, and your grace. And what we see here, lessons we can learn from David, constantly praising God for the miracles that he allowed in his life. God used David in many miraculous ways, but there's not an ounce of pride in David, and he directs his praise to God. Verse 8, let my mouth be filled with your praises. Allow me to honor you all the day long. And may our prayer be, God, fill our mouths with your praise. Praising God and encouraging our fellow man should be an attribute that's added to our list of character traits. Not that we're supposed to talk, not that I'm encouraging people to go uh, talk about each other, but if, I, if someone would say, you know, what, who, what is this man or this woman like? Well, they're an encouraging person. I think that's a positive character. Are we, is that us? Are we praising and encouraging our fellow man? So praise continues in verses uh, 10 through 13, and he mentions the motives of his enemies, and they're speaking evil against him. Uh, they think God has forsaken him. Then David cries out again in verse 12, God, don't go away. Instead, come to my aid. He continues, promises to praise God and honor him all day long there back in verse 8, and more continually in verse 14. He's just going to praise God more and more. Basically saying, God, I actually expect deliverance after deliverance and blessing after blessing. I will praise you more and more. As your blessings abound, God, so will my praises. And I think each one of us could look back in our lives and where God, what God led us through and where he brought us. And it should cause us to say, you know, thank you, God. Thank you for that. Thank you for that turn that you allowed me to take way back there and that door you closed there and there and you made me the person who I am. Complete surrender to his God. David's basically saying, I may not understand why I am going through what I'm going through. I don't know why, God, you're allowing me this valid experience, but in the low time of my life, it will not sway my commitment to you. We talk about Mary's faith. What about ours? Our commitment. Are we more committed to something else than the Lord? The title this morning may be committed to serve, but here we see a commitment to praise. Do we take that time, valuable time, and praise God for his goodness? Regardless, Lord, what you allow me to go through, I will praise you. Verse 15, I cannot count the times you had faithfully rescued me from danger. I think we could almost all find ourselves there. I firmly believe that there are times that we have been rescued from danger or diverted from it that we're not even aware of. Are we praising God for what he has brought us through, his constant care? And you look back to David here during this time of his life, and I think we would have understood if he would have continued to cry out for deliverance for what he was facing, but instead we find him giving God praise for his protection. A little more in the life of David has been an inspiration to many. 
and you go back to the account of Goliath, uh, David told King Saul, he said, you know, Saul, I'll go fight the giant. And Saul said, you cannot go. You're not, you're unqualified. And David's answer in 1 Samuel 17, 37, this is David's answer to Saul. The Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. Now, these verses here, at this time, he was a much, much younger man. But maybe sometimes I'm too careful. But when, you know, this will happen, not in a demanding way. But here's David out there in the battlefield and said, Saul, God delivered me back here. And he will. I love it. It's speaking about confidence in his Lord. The Lord will deliver me. A short time later now, tables turn and David is talking to Goliath. He said, Goliath, you come to me with a sword and you have a spear, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies, the one that you actually defiled. And notice how many times I say will here in the next, couple, in the next sentence or two. This day will the Lord deliver, me into my, my, deliver you into my hand and I will smite you and take your head from you and I will give the carcasses of the hosts of Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth and that the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now back up. There you have a young man, a young short man, so to speak, standing next to a nine-foot giant. And, he's, and before it happened, he's saying, Goliath, you defiled the armors of God, the God, of, of God, the God of heaven. You did that. But your life is about to end and your head is about to be removed. I, this is what will happen. And looking a little bit about confidence, trust and confidence. And because of that, David was, is able just to praise God for his protection. But his confidence in these verses is so amazing. He will deliver me. David had unwavering confidence in the Lord. He said what was going to happen actually before actually it came to pass. And as we go through life, it's one thing to, uh, to praise the Lord after the fact. But take courage and confidence uh, in the Lord and praise him for what he is about to do in your life. After reading these verses, and I actually had shared this message earlier, uh, I, found, I find myself praising the Lord in advance for what he's going to do. And just try that sometime. You might have a big mountain experience coming up in your life. Well, thank you. Thank the Lord for what he will do in that situation and for bringing you through that even before it happens. Is that wrong? Well, David did it here a number of times. Can we do that? Do we have that kind of confidence and commitment to the Lord, knowing who he is? Thank God in advance, for he will be there. Let's jump to the third point, I will serve. And we're going to look here at verses 9 and 18. Verse 9, I kind of save these to the end. Cast me not off in the time of my old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. Back to the question, are we committed in our service to the Lord? And David was quite concerned that God was going to say, well, David's up in years. I'm going to place him on that old shelf and forget about him. But David's cry was, don't forsake me not. He admits his strength is not what it used to be, but he's not, and he can't conquer those tall mountains, but he's not willing to sit idle and watch others uh, work for the Lord. Even though he's at the age, he can't do the big things. What about the small things? Some of you... 
uh, Jim for sure, maybe others remember uh, John Brubaker, who served in uh, Grenada under Olive Branch for a number of years. He was, he was a short man, and some of the Grenadians called him Pastor Zacchaeus due to his height. But one of his favorite songs was, Little is Much When God is in It. A small man doing little things, but didn't care because God was in it. Content to be doing the little things for God. Is that where David was in his older years? Content to be doing small things, but refusing to sit back and watch. You know, what can we learn? When we're living here one day at a time, may our, our prayer, our desire be, Lord, help me to remain faithful to the end. Lord, allow me to do small things, regardless of how small it may be. Just allow me to do the small things for you as I press on and be faithful to you. Help me to remain faithful unto the end. The fully committed people are fully committed to the end. The fully committed are fully committed to the end. You know, again, David could have said, you know, hey, let the younger guys take care of this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. No. He said, God, hang on, God. I'm not finished. Is that where we are, are at? When I'm old and gray-headed, O oh God, forsake me not until I've showed thy strength unto this generation. Are we like David, uh, determined to serve and remain faithful to the end? A verse came to mind, Luke 18, 8, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith, faith on the earth? A, challenge, a verse with a challenging question. Will, when he returns, which he's going to return, will he find faith? The question could be asked, will I be found faithful? And a number of times I mentioned David being an older man when he wrote to Psalm, and he admits he doesn't have the strength that he once had. So, yes, as we age, our strength may weaken, but our faith needs to strengthen. Some people exercise and work out and X, Y, Z to, to build up their strength. We need to spend more time in God's word. Our strength, need, our faith needs to strengthen. As we age, we may not be able to do everything that we once did, but we may never forget that the fight of our faith continues. And commitment comes along with that. Are we committed to strengthening our faith? The Lord's looking for committed people to labor in his kingdom. Will we be found faithful? Steve said he wants to read through the Bible this year. God bless you as you uh, go through that. So he's looking forward to the year, what he will do this year. We cannot go back in time and change what we have done. You cannot go back to July of last year and change something there. This can't be done. But we can commit our lives to a closer walk with the Lord in the coming years. Let's not focus on the past, but look at the future. We can commit our lives to a closer walk with the Lord as we press forward from this mark. As we look back over this psalm uh, and wrap up real quick, verse 1, I will put my trust in the Lord. Verse 8, my mouth will be filled with praises for the Lord. I will praise the Lord. Verse 18, I will proclaim the goodness of the Lord to the coming generations. I will serve the Lord faithfully as long as he gives me life. My faith will not waver. 
my faith will grow stronger. Lord, I am here. Please don't forget about me. Please use me. May we leave this morning saying, you know, I will trust, I will praise, and I will serve. Let's stand for a prayer, please. And remain standing after the prayer for a song. Lord, we come before you this morning so thankful for your goodness to us. And Lord, your promises are, are, are wonderful. And we just say thank you there again, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we can be, be faithful to you until the end. I pray we can be committed to you, God. A lot of things we have commitments made to, but I pray, Lord, our commitment to you will be above all. May we just give you our all, serve you faithfully in the area where you have called us, and press on faithfully, encouraging others to a closer walk with you, telling others about your goodness, your greatness, the direction that you led us in, and your provisions and your deliverance. Thank you, God, so much for all that you have done for us. Dismiss us with your blessing. May we serve you faithfully. In your name we pray. Amen. Song.